0: State's non-revenue teams are doing fantastic. It's revenue sport of the winter months, not so much. We won't beat the dead horse, but we will talk about a few items of interest and talk about some Ohio State football stuff as well, all in this edition of the 11 Dubcast. Andy Vance joining you alongside Johnny Gunner. Johnny, I want to give the disclaimer up front. We're not going to spend a lot of time on Ohio State basketball, precisely because we have spent so much time on Ohio State basketball that I feel like We're beating a dead horse when we say Ohio state has suffered its third straight defeat of 17 or more points. They've lost. What are we now up to 12 out of
1: 13? It might be 13 out of 14, 13
0: out of 14. (laughs) Something like that. So I I don't want to belabor the point that this Ohio state basketball team is very, very bad. Uh, And I, what I do want to talk about is you made a prediction earlier in the season, and I poo pooed it at the time. I've got to do a major mea culpa here because you said uh, that there was a better than average chance that they would lose out. Yeah. I said no, Johnny, you're crazy. That's just some more of of your cynical smack talk.
1: <laughs> I'm such a miserable, awful human being. Well, but... No, no, but I tend to be the the optimist of the yeah, yeah, no, dynamic no. duo.
0: You're the Which realist. I yeah. noticed I said realist, not pessimist. You're the realist <laughs> of the group. I'm the rose-colored glasses. Yeah. You were right. (laughs) I mean, look at this. We're we're in the shank of the season now, and it is not at all a stretch of the imagination to think they're going to lose them all from here on out.
1: Yeah, well, and so their best chance for victory comes on uh, on the 23rd. So that's this Thursday against Penn State at home. You would hope. That they would be able to at least look competitive, I guess. I mean they they yeah, really but when haven't. was the last
0: time they've looked competitive? That one point loss to <laughs> Purdue a month ago.
1: It was well on in, in all seriousness, last time they looked competitive was really against Northwestern when they they in general played a good game. There were some specific things that they did very poorly that caused them to lose um against yeah. Northwestern. But yeah, for the for the most part, uh for the past month they've just looked like you know dog water. So um I don't know. I mean, if they don't beat Penn State, I have very little faith that they'll win any of the other three games uh, remaining on the regular season schedule. And, you know, you get in the Big Ten tournament. I assume you get bounced in the first round fairly yeah. easily. Yeah, and absolutely. that's the end of the first season. Round
0: exit and that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's right. And that's it because they're not getting invited to the NIT. That ain't happening. So, no, the
0: NCAA tournament waved bye bye a long time ago. Yeah. And I mean, it was kind of interesting there, you know, a few weeks ago, you could watch the various bracketologists whether it was Lenardi or whomever and okay they're the last four in first four out you know they were kind of get it back on track they were they were bopping around there and it's a you know long since way bye-bye but the not in tournament they're not going to be in the not in tournament it's just it's 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 not going to happen the the thing uh I did see newsworthy this we're going to have a couple questions I think and ask us anything that have to do with the hoops team so we won't belabor some of the what does gene smith do at the end of the season questions but i i did think it was interesting uh zed key was asked this week about his status and he was honest that uh, there's going to be a decision to be made between him and his family about what comes next he's re-aggravated the shoulder injury which has been plaguing him for most of the season A not insignificant part of ohio state's challenges uh i don't know how much you want to want to say that mitigates the misery here of why they've been so bad but what what's this team look like if zed key makes a decision uh to do something different
1: i don't this? you know i don't know that the team looks all that different because zed I mean, yes, he's been dealing with an injury all season and that's, that is significant. It's not like he's been able to be as effective as he normally has been, but he also hasn't played very well, just straight up, just, you know, bad decisions, not very good in defense, which is really, I mean, they lean on him hard for that. Um, Yeah. Just in a lot of ways, I, I he just was not uh the guy that they needed him to be this season. And again, a lot of it's not his fault, but um I don't know that it changes the makeup of the team, at least in terms of how effective they are, how good of a team they are. Uh, If he ends up, you know, going elsewhere or deciding to do something else. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it sucks for him because I think when he's living up to his full potential and doing, you know, what he's able to do, especially defensively and maybe not having to play completely out of position just because of roster composition, I think he's a really fun player. And, you know, he's a fun guy. He's a good dude. Um, it's unfortunate, but I ultimately, uh, I don't know that anybody really leaving the team at this point makes a huge, big difference, uh, except for Bray Sensabaugh. So, uh, besides that, I mean, they're, they're still a team that loses 13 and 14. And then
0: Sensabaugh, you know, what, as you, as you followed this, as Sensabaugh, as this situation... You know, there was a time there or midway through the season where you're like, you know, this kid's gone. He's, he's gonna get him. He yeah. played himself into uh, playing the next level next season. Has, has how abysmal the team has played changed that at all? Is he back next year? What
1: if you had to bet it, bet on it today? He might you- be, he might be gone regardless. Like, even if he decides not to go to the NCAA or NCAA, goodness, the, the NBA draft. Um, he might be gone anyway I don't I mean I really don't know what the what the situation is in the locker room I don't know what that looks like but it, it's he's been you know up and down back and forth we're gonna start him we're gonna set him there's just been so much and I don't know i I think in this era of transfer portals and all that kind of stuff that uh, that's that's hard to keep a guy around I, again I don't know I mean maybe he might love it in Columbus and, and say you know what? whatever i'm here for the team a minute to win it that's great
0: certainly but if you're chris holtman you're going to be playing the look who you're going to be playing with next season card because of of I guess. The, the recruits that are coming in well i mean look that's what chris holtman's tenure i mean that's what right you can now, sell right? Is that that's that's what chris holtman's selling to gene smith right now <laughs> yeah so that's all
1: he's selling to gene smith i mean that's you know so yeah
0: look at the talent i got coming in but i mean so that's that's what you're selling to sensible as well hey hey look at the talent we got coming into play around you right uh, hey but but I mean your your point is well made if you're a guy like him how much do you want to continue to sit here and get get your teeth kicked in and as you noted the mismanagement of you know, just he, he's the best player on the team starting I, I I don't I don't I don't get at all what we've done here with this this rotation and and it just it smacks of um it just smacks of things I don't like I'm I'm not yeah. a big fan of the I agree. way it has been handled. So we'll and, – and I should clarify when I when I made the comment, you know, Zed Key's thing about uh, – I said he was asked about it, and actually it was Chris Holtman who was asked about it um, during his coach's show on on Monday. Um, it said that – Holtman said that uh, the decision was going to be between Zed and, and his family on what's the next direction to go in. So there's – you know, there there's a lot that you can read into that with Holtman saying – um, you know, it's up to Zed and the family here, and you know, maybe you, you take it a step further. This late in the season, you know, what's the benefit to a guy coming back when there's there's really nothing to play for aside from you know making a run? In the, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to injure
1: yourself further, right? That's like right, there's, right. there's no point in coming out and you know getting even worse than what you already are. And yeah, look, I mean, obviously. Despite the fact that he's really, you know, just kind of undersized and playing out of position, um, you can kind of see how dearly he's missed against teams with a big man inside. And you know, Purdue just just <laughs> State. yeah, it wasn't, over him. you know, and they've got, yeah, they got Zach And that's and and the dude he's going to be scoring points on just about everybody because he's a hundred feet tall and it's really hard to defend that, but you, you really had no resistance. <laughs> like there was nothing there to stop that guy from just getting whatever he wanted, you know, however he wanted it. So I don't know. I, that, that will not be the case against Penn state. Um, but you're still gonna miss a defensive presence. So I don't know. I again you're right. At, at this point in the season, whatever, right? Like, okay. <laughs> you know, don't it's best just to let guys maybe get a little experience, not make injuries worse and and figure out what's gonna happen, you know, in the offseason here. But yeah, overall, um, we're really just kind of playing for the off season at this point. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it is.
0: Yep. All right, let's go. Let's go talk about uh, the straw that stirs the drink, the the program that makes all things possible in Ohio State athletics, the football team. Uh, I you thought you were going to say swimming diving. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that in a minute. I, I definitely want to talk about swimming and diving, but we're going to talk f- foosball first. Uh, you, you had a fun piece this weekend and, and hat tipped, uh to a friend of the program, Marcus Hartman, who who kind of got you ruminating about Ohio State's yeah. run at bringing in former players. Of course, this sparked by James Laurinaitis joining the staff, uh, which, you know, again, fantastic news, probably some of the best offseason news. Uh, oh, yeah. Rules. At least in terms of fan service, if nothing else. But, but I really do believe that's a guy who is going to make something of himself in the coaching ranks. Maybe. Yeah, will he we'll be the next Brian Hartman? Time will tell. Um, Heartline, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Marcus. Brian <laughs> Heartline, Heartline, Heartline. We're going to talk about Heartline in a minute. But but uh, you did a little bit of of, of uh, research here. What what is it that makes Ohio State so unique? Because from what I read here in your piece and in Marcus's, Ohio State's a bit of a unique beast here in terms of the long, long string of former players on its coaching staff.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't read it, I would encourage people to do it. Not necessarily my article, but Harvin's article, um, because he actually did research and, and <laughs> put thought into it, right? and Said the gibberish that I put down on the on the page. But um he said and he buried this tidbit, like completely buried the lead. And I, I actually really respect that. I because I know that this factoid probably took him the better part of a day to figure out. Um, and then buries it completely in an article about Lauren Eisenhartline, uh But basically, apparently, according to this article from uh, from Marcus Hartman, is that um, Ohio State since I think what's the year? What's it was like 1912, I think, um, which is which is wild. Yeah. Ohio State has had a former player on the field, like as part of the on field coaching staff, every single year, but one since the year 1912. I believe that the year that they didn't have was like uh 2017. But prior to that, there was like a 105 year streak of former high state players being on the field. And I was like, that as a coach, and I was like, that's incredible. That's yeah, amazing that's incredible. that they're able to do that. And I also think, you know, what I tried to do was put that in perspective. Um, with Ohio state success overall as a college football program, Ohio state has not had back-to-back losing seasons in literally a hundred years, right. It's been, I think since 1922, 1923, um, when they had back-to-back losing seasons, which is unbelievable. I mean, that is, that is really insane. If you think about it, that a football program, a college football program, especially a major football program that's had, you know, significant like, You know opponents in the Big Ten that obviously you know some have risen and fallen and things like that, but we're not talking about like a max school or something that just dominates their conference forever. This is a team that's had stiff competition for over a century, and they haven't lost back to back, or they haven't had losing seasons in back to back years, you know, since 1923. So I find that wild. And the thing is, it's not super unusual for a coach to return to their alma mater. Right now, there's about I think around 20. Uh head coaches in FBS that are actually coaching at their alma mater. And obviously, people know a lot of the names and specifically in the Big Ten. I mean Fitzgerald and Harbaugh are two that immediately come to mind. Yeah. But I think what separates Ohio State from a lot of these other schools is that sustained excellence that they've had, and then also this idea that if you're trying to bring players in, like the 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 words that I use, I'm just gonna use my exact words because I think I, I got my point across uh with this analogy, but um, you're given the wheel right to this program as if you're a recruit coming in or you're 17 year old, you know, 18 year old, whatever. And you're told, okay. All right. You basically have two options. Either you drive this thing off a cliff or you drive it off into the sunset Mm -hmm. and no one has ever driven it off a cliff in a hundred years. So that's the kind of pressure that I think, um, is put on a lot of these kids who are coming to Ohio state. And the last thing I want to say about that is, and this, I think kind of jives with what um, Ryan day and Brian Hartline and others have said about recruiting in the NIL era. They want guys who are, who are here to be competitors, but more importantly, kids who are here to try to build something. And I think that's a big part of it because it, every every program, right, says, look at these guys in the past. You got to live up to their example. That's not new. That's not unusual for Ohio State. What is unusual is that Ohio State can really walk the walk on that. And that's, like I said, there's got to be a ton of pressure. And so you want to find kids who are willing to accept that, embrace it, and then continue to build the program. Um, as it goes on. And I think you see that, honestly, in some of the recruiting guys, the, you know, the kid from uh, the Dakotas, you know, Lincoln, like that's, that's a big deal. And I I think having a kid like that, and other kids in that recruiting class, you know, who are of similar disposition, you want kids like that in the NIL era, because they'll stick around and they'll build something. Sorry
0: that's for the long run. No, that's one. I mean, I, I think your your points are really well made, because it's one of the things that is kind of weird about this. This new era, you you think about some of the greats in Ohio State history, uh, and and these are not, I'm not talking necessarily just about players who've come back to coach. We're gonna talk about that some more in a minute. But uh, you know, for me, if you say who's the greatest college football player of all time, it's Archie Griffin. I don't have to think hard about that. And and I think, you know, Archie Griffin did things that'll it will never be duplicated. But part of the reason they'll never be duplicated is because of the number of guys who stay and play. Their full career, you know that it feels like it feels like is a, a vanishing species, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, because in the era of NIL and certainly the the NFL money, and if you're that talented, you're going to go to the draft early anyway, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. So, what's the amount of time that Ryan Day is going to have with any incoming player? You know, two, three years is is you know a pretty good stretch with a five star type type talent now you translate that back to the, 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 the coaching, uh, thinking about that going back kind a hundred years that they've had on, would you say since 12, I think 1912 or something like that of all of the coaches that you can think of who played at Ohio state, who's your, who's your favorite, or maybe I'll throw it a different way. Hmm. Uh, who would you say was the most successful of those? Who's, oh, who's, who's the marquee, who's the poster child for, it's easy to say heartline right now but yeah i
1: mean it's hard it's hard to say anybody but him i mean yes there are other guys obviously who've come back and, and had great success um but yeah i i i mean recency bias is strong right but heartline has done stuff where you had at this point right like basically 4 years in a row 3 years in a row when you've had the presumptive or Probably the best wide receivers in the country, year after year after. Year. I mean, that doesn't. I mean, you could say Larry. Larry Johnson is an alumni, so I mean, it's to me, it's it is kind of unprecedented in Ohio State history where you've seen a guy bring in those kind of recruits and be that successful. And and yes, there's a lot of synergy right between him and the head coach, sure, and and the approach offensively. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know who else you would put above heartline. Yeah,
0: and, and, if, and the way I phrased the question, you're talking about their success at Ohio State, that's that I mean, it feels like the right answer. Um, somebody hit us in the uh, hit us in the comments and tell us if we're wrong. But, it, you know, then if you expanded that and say, OK, former former coaches, uh, who's the most successful role? You know, you Mike Vrabel and, uh, and and Luke Fickle both have pretty good oh, cases sure, yeah. to make for for what they've uh, what they've been well, accomplished. And-, and you could
1: say I mean I guess it depends on how you, how far you're willing to stretch alumni. I mean, you know, Jim Trestle never played at Ohio State, but he did coach, right? At, at one time as like a GA I think in the 80s. Yeah. Um and and so you could say that's a guy, you know, prodigal of some coming back and and making good, although that was a very brief time I think in his his coaching career. But yeah, mm-hmm. overall, um I mean Urban Meyer, you know, he was in Cincinnati. He didn't, you know, he didn't play at Ohio State. Right. Um man, I don't know. That's really hard. I mean, even Woody A- Woody Ace played at Ohio State. Woody Ace did not play at Ohio State. That's right. So yeah, I, I gotta believe. I think, I mean, obviously you're comparing head coaches to assistant coaches, but Heartline to me has gotta be gotta be up there. Yeah, good stuff. We'll be
0: following uh the the career of little animal with with uh, great excitement. Uh, one of the things I was not excited to see this week, Johnny, is that once again, that team up north has uh, decided they are going to borrow uh, one of Ohio State's tradition. Gifting players necklaces reminiscent of the famous Golden Pants. Oh, yeah. Their second victory uh, over the Buckeyes this millennia. Uh, Okay, maybe not. They have more than two this millennia. Was this three total now? I don't know. At any rate, the second straight year. Uh, Actually, it's
1: four if you really want to. Is it really? Yeah, because they won. I believe they won in 2003. Okay. All right. And they won in 2011 and then the Yeah. Past, oh, yeah. okay. All right. All right. I
0: always forget 2011. because I have memory hold that whole season. <laughs> um yeah. so the the charm that they gave them was kind of interesting, I I guess. Uh there's like a sword and a shovel. I don't know what that means. What did uh, you, did you read into the symbolism of the the sword and the shovel?
1: actually if it were green, it would look like Michigan state. Green yeah, because
0: the sword thing is very it, Spartan.
1: Yeah, they got a short and it kind of looks like a shield. It looks like a Spartan kind of thing. It, yeah, really it really goofy. does. It really does. Um, on the back, they've got like a little miniature Ohio Stadium, which actually looks really nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a very, very yeah. lovingly detailed Ohio stadium. So good for them on doing that. I mean, that's nice. Um I don't know. I mean, it's cool that they like I get it, you know. That's i i don't get the sword and the shovel that's my
0: problem yeah yeah the, the
1: aesthetics are goofy as hell i don't i don't get that either and the the sword kind of looks like a and it's bloody
0: huge you know the thing about the gold pants is that they're it, it's it's very understated right oh like, yeah 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 you know and it the, looks
1: even cooler because you you know if you've got like four of them right, right and right. they're all on the same chain you're like oh damn okay that's pretty cool I'm trying to remember, yeah was this Ellen? one looks like something you would get out of a you know like a 50 cent like Ball pop thing out of the, you know, IG I mean, this looks like that.
0: something flavor Flav was, was talking, yeah.
1: you know, in the 90s. I, looks kind of cheap. Looks kind of cheap. I'm not going to, yeah. and, 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 and like I, the details cool. And I'm sure it weighs 50 pounds and I'm sure it wasn't cheap, but it kind of looks, it, it just looks too modern. It looks too new. Uh, the, the gold pants look like something, they look like an antique. They look like something right. that somebody would, you know, an, their time, an art classic. Yeah. Yeah. They, they look, they look like they originated a long time ago, which they did. This kind of looks like something you would like, you know, spin on a Beyblade or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it it feels –
0: no, 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 you're right. And it, it, it feels like, hey, we're trying to manufacture yeah. a, a tradition yeah. where Ohio State's, you know, like you say, it's uh, something organic that happened.
1: Over Do you think – can I ask you this? Do you think yeah. it's possible to manufacture – like to, to make something organically anymore like this? Because it used to be <sighs> – Like with the, because seriously with the gold pants, right? Like there's a whole story behind it. Like they put their pants on one leg at a time and that's great. And that's, you know, what widows, I can't remember. But the point is, is that I don't think that's even possible to do anymore because when you have events like that, when when there's like a saying or somebody gives a speech, it feels like it gets so atomized by social Mm -hmm. media and things like that, that there's no way to really develop anything organically anyway. So I don't. I, there's no touchstone, I guess, that Michigan can point to and say, "Yes, let's make some jewelry out of that." <laughs> I don't yeah. know that it's possible anymore, and seem natural. I don't think you can do it. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the
0: head when you when you mentioned the social media aspect of it. That it's, I think it's hard to do it.
1: Let because... me ask you this, real quick, real quick. Let me ask you this: If Ohio State was, let's say, gold pants didn't exist, and all of a sudden Ohio State's like winning, and they want to they want something to commemorate it, like Michigan has. What would Ohio State do that would seem natural and organic? Yeah, I, that's hard because they've got <laughs> they, they've got the greatest one of all
0: with the golden pants. So I with the gold right. pants. So I'm 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 struggling. And and you know, as an a good example, I remember. This, I mean, this is probably ten or fifteen years back. I'd see when they did it, but when they built the clock tower <laughs> on North Campus, and like yeah. the press release said, uh, "Oh, it's a new tradition." Which number one. Uh, That doesn't make sense. (laughs) That makes no sense. Yes. There a building or a facility is not a tradition.
1: It's yeah. New that's a a bit of a yeah.
0: Yeah. The words
1: new tradition.
0: Right. And and we all pilloried it, I think rightly so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah. So I I do think it's very, very difficult to I mean, it's kind of like I think where they were going with that was if you go to the Oval, you have the long walk and the Oxley mm-hmm. statue, Oxley Thompson statue, and chimes and Orton Hall, and yeah, there's yeah. all these stories that you tell. But they, those things develop over the course of literally centuries. Yeah, and it, it it is. I I think it is hard. I think it is hard to come you know, up with those kind of things
1: now if you, you know don't I have them State – you know what I think Ohio state should do if like in this hypothetical universe that I've created the, the one, the one thing that I think they could do would have to be, they'd have to adapt it. It's a, it's an image, but I think they could do it. And actually maybe, maybe they just take part of the image, but Marcus Hall flipping the double bird. (laughs) If you could just do like a gold middle finger. Yeah. I think that would be, I think that would work. I think that could be done. Hilarious. Of the double bird. that is, that remains one of my like top three favorite college football like events of yeah. all I time. mean that's
0: right up there with ripping up the banner right oh
1: my god yes it yeah. is it is it the, the image is.
0: the image of the team coming through the banner yes is one of the iconic images of the rivalry yes. and that one is yeah that one and uh was it Zach Bourne towering over uh, oh yeah 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 you know, the, like those are the three pictures I think of yeah like <laughs> when I think of I agree. rivalry. Uh, speaking of the rivalry, uh, Michigan might have hung their silver shovel or whatever they're going to call this this charm that they gave the team. But Ohio State uh, had a little bit of karma on the ice rink, the face-off on the lake at First Energy Stadium, uh, the hockey team playing that team up north, and Brian Hartline, who we mentioned earlier the coolest man in the state of Ohio rocking uh, a pretty sweet hockey jersey or sweater, whatever we call them, uh, took a Michigan-themed guitar and smashed it prior to dropping the puck. Fantastic. And you know what? It worked a charm because the Buckeyes earned a 4-2 to victory over number four Michigan, Ohio State ranked number 10. Uh, and so the hockey team doing a fantastic job. Uh, that was their second straight win over Michigan after earning a shootout victory. On senior night at the shot last Thursday, Ohio State finishing the regular season with a 3-1 and record against Michigan, which is awesome, giving mm-hmm. them the tiebreakers over that team in the Big Ten standings. So uh, I didn't get to watch any of that game, but I'm I'm uh, pretty excited about how well, and, and it's not just the men's team doing yep. well in hockey. You've been following the women's team have been doing pretty fantastic as well.
1: Yep. Uh, 45K showing out. And, and showing up to a, you know, a hockey game on the lake was pretty awesome. I I, yeah, I that, love that. that, is, that
0: now that you mentioned that, for, I'd forgotten that, that 45,000 attending. I mean, that's, uh, there's NHL teams that don't necessarily draw 45,000.
1: Yep. Night. And then, of course, the women's team, regular season champions of the WCHA. Awesome. Um, they are, uh, I think they're still ranked number one at this point because uh, they took out number yeah. six wisconsin so that's pretty cool if the, i mean shoot they can win back to backs oh my god that would
0: and, be... and and the thing that you know is fantastic about this is the team's first regular season title in program history yeah yeah Women, and women's that's... hockey team's been been doing really really well lately but that to be able to hoist your first conference crown is uh that's a big deal
1: yeah also side note those uh alternate unis the the, the kits the the jersey or the sweaters. i think sweaters is the appropriate nomenclature the the black sweaters that they wore to win that race. oh my god those are sick yeah those are some well sick-
0: and not for nothing the men had some pretty fantastic that's right they did they had some their alternate. throwbacks those were those reminded me of the was that the night what 1940 something
1: yeah yeah it was the yeah was it 42 I, I think it might have been like year. 42. It was, 42. It, was the, it was the commemorate the championship team. And yeah. uh, I remember they had like Chuck Surrey, you know, yeah. kind of give like a little thing about it. Um, but the, you know, the kind of like the detailed, you know, numbers and things like that, that, yeah, that was sick. Both, both teams looking very snazzy while also being very successful. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And I love that about, you know, while, while some athletic departments uh, don't even field all the teams that Ohio State uh, fields, Ohio State is is putting that level of care and detail into the equipment for non-revenue sports. I mean that's uh that's a sign that the department really really is a class operation. Uh all other non-revenue sport news, Ohio State's uh women's swim and dive team won their fourth consecutive Big 10 title. Uh, it does. And and you know the thing that I love about it to to connect back to our theme of uh, Michigan and uh karma if it were is that that win came in Ann Arbor of all places, having the Big Ten swimming and diving championships at Canham Natatorium? Uh, Ohio State ran away with it well ahead of Indiana and third place Michigan. So hats off to the women for uh, taking the crown after that four day event. Very cool stuff.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm, you know, I, you love to see the non reverend sports kicking butt.
0: Well, particularly because, you know, if you're following the revenue sports, this has been a pretty, pretty dark time.
1: Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) But now, now the team, (laughs) the the shining light in the darkness, the
0: team that I I love to follow, of course, (laughs) as uh, as loyal listeners, the program know would be the wrestling team. They finished out the regular season with a top five victory over Cornell uh, and so that was uh, that was a really great duel actually to watch if you watched any of that one. Um, 22 to 14 at the Spartan Combat duels in Tampa, Florida. Ohio State number six won six out of 10 matches to beat number four Cornell. Uh, the first three matches of the afternoon were were all really top shelf. Dylan Demilio at 141, Sammy Sasso at number three, and uh, Patty Gallagher at 157. Now, Sammy's was a medical forfeit, so it was only big in terms of the points. Uh, but Demilio and um, Patty Gallagher are both guys who are kind of like future of the program type guys. D'Amelio, uh has been here a couple years already. This um, is Patty's first real season as a starter. And both those guys doing really, really well. So Ohio State's going to lean on them heavily after this year's crop of seniors age out. And so it was good to see both those guys getting into the, uh, into the action. And now we're, we're just teed up for big 10 championships, which will be in Ann Arbor, Michigan, March 5th. Yeah. Um, the other one that I, I, I know you and I were talking about and with some of the guys is that uh, the Ohio state men's lacrosse team had a, a great uh, win over North Carolina, at a sellout crowd in their new lacrosse stadium, um, a third consecutive one in their, New venue, their first win over a top 25 program. So it feels a little cold to me to be out playing lacrosse in some of these spring sports, but they, uh, they got it together. That's pretty good stuff.
1: Yep. Agreed.
0: All right. Let's turn our attention to our favorite segment of the program. Ask us anything. Good time to remind you that the dubcast is brought to you by the Dry Goods store at 11Warriors.com. Hats, t shirts, stickers, barware, all things for the discerning fan of the local sports team. You can find it at drygoods.11Warriors com. dig deep into the mailbag my friend what have we this week
1: all right so let's go ahead and uh remind you that you can ask us anything literally anything by sending us questions to dubcast at eleven warriors.com uh let's start with kevin question one from kevin who do you think will play in the super bowl next year and who will win
0: yeah you know the uh, the the chiefs came out as uh the the early favorites um and and with good reason i would say but i I guess I guess the Southern Ohio boys in me's got to come back and say, you know what, I I like those Bengals. I I think the Bengals have got a shot to uh to come back to the big dance again, and and to channel you know that mojo from Joe Burrow as long as he's the, as long as he's the signal caller, they got a shot. So I'm 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 going to go with uh, my my pick will be the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I think that you know what I I, I cannot bring myself to have. That much optimism about the Cincinnati Bengals, but they're good and they will continue as you said. They'll continue to be good as long as Joe Burrow's back there because the dude is a winner. He is very good, and sometimes you'll look at quarterbacks and go, "All right, well, this is a guy who's going to be decent for a couple seasons, and maybe there isn't a whole lot of, you know, longevity to this guy. And once they figure out his game, he'll get got." I don't see that with Joe Burrow. He's just an incredibly intelligent quarterback. Um, he's his timing is just impeccable. He doesn't, and the and the thing is, is he doesn't he's not the kind of quarterback that just tries to make things happen through sheer physicality. He does not have as strong an arm as some of his peers. However, he has figured out a way to just understand timing and routes and everything like that to make sure that it doesn't matter, you know, either way. And of course, you know, he's got a great wide receiving core to throw to. Um, I think the Bengals are definitely going to be up there. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to bet against Kansas city, obviously, um, you know, you just saw what they did. Uh, I don't know. I mean, AFC is just sort of, it's, it's difficult. The cynic in me or not the cynic, I guess maybe in this time, this time I'm going to be the romantic optimist. I'll say that I want the bills <laughs> to continue to be good. I like Josh Allen. Um, Maybe maybe next time's their year. So maybe, maybe if we're going just on the roulette, they'll they'll pop up and they get the head to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles looked really, really good. Hertz, I think is he had a great Super Bowl. I mean, the guy played really well. So I think they may come back. And so let's let's say Bills, Eagles, and uh again, the hopeless romantic and me, we'll give the Bills their first Super Bowl win yeah. ever. So yep, that's, yep. that's, I glossed over the Eagles and that's, I meant to say the Eagles, I thought the Eagles would be back.
0: And, uh, and yep. I was going to put in the, they're very good as the AFC rep. Yep. For sure. Yep.
1: All right. Second one, question number two, when basketball, thank God ends, uh, what sports will we cover? Well, basketball will end fairly quickly because they're not getting into the postseason and, nope. and there's very unlikely to make any kind of big 10 noise in the tournament. So, I mean, wrestling, obviously a big deal, spring football is just around the corner that's going to be starting soon right like that's not you know we always forget like oh football's over no football is never over um and so there's you know and then there's also some other exciting non-revenue stuff going on especially with hockey i mean their tournaments take freaking forever to go through so i'm sure we will focus on them as well i mean look what we just said it when you have this many good nationally ranked teams and non-rev it's it's easy to root for them and it's fun to check out and see what they're doing so that's definitely the teams that we'll be focusing on yeah absolutely yeah so that's you know and i love again i love that i really enjoy that that's a lot of fun for me because they deserve more attention um and particularly you know if you're i don't know if you're a player on that team or one of those teams hockey diving whatever um I don't know. You, you're putting in as much work as anybody else. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I believe that they deserve to get just as much attention. Um, you know, when they are this successful as, as any other, you know, revenue sport. with mean, all the all the ink and time that we spill on basketball, I think sometimes it could be better served <laughs> with with the hockey teams or wrestling or you know, lacrosse or whatever because you know they're they're not chopped liver either. So. Um, Okay, so this next one here, this is from Bryant, who says this question was inspired by Johnny's article in which he time traveled back in time uh, to enlighten his former self about NIL. Oh, jeez. All right. Zap. That's uh, that's what he wrote. Zap. Johnny and Andy accidentally and unwittingly stepped through one of those pesky time travel portals again. Don't you just hate those? You've gone back in time a couple hundred years. There's no phones, electricity or even modern sports to bet on. That's a shame by the way okay people have been betting on horse racing for a very long time so i just anyway but that's okay you have all of your knowledge of cool things from the future what is one thing you could actually give to people in the past if anything
0: wow that's a that's a tough one
1: so what do i take with us what knowledge because i don't i can't take anything with us but we can take our knowledge yeah, yeah. i'm stupid so i don't know i, how much
0: I mean this is you know the yeah, germ theory i was i was glad that we got the uh i was glad we got the caveat about the uh you know the no betting because you know otherwise you're just right. doing the michael j fox right you're doing the back mm. to the future marty McFly. that's right that's right we don't um, have the we don't have cubs the to cum. win at all whatever right. whatever sports almanac that was yeah um you know that's oh that's a really good one yeah germ theory is good Yeah, wash Um, your hands.
1: But then you get like, you know, then they say you're a witch. And then they, and then they, she's a witch. Yeah. Because you, because you're like, there's tiny bugs on your hands that are causing illness. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're Satan. there's, There's a case to be made for, um, you know, some of the some some finance theory or, or the other, you know, the the glory of of uh low cost index funds, <laughs> or That's right, yeah, or uh, you know, buy buy and hold strategy, you know, because if you, I mean, it's the, you, you see this stuff all the time, right? Like, if you had invested a thousand dollars in Apple computer in 1980,
1: and right, the problem is in
0: 2022, you would have. I guess, I guess you could try to
1: put money in the East India Company or something like right. that. East
0: India Trading Company. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I sure, oh, got yeah. See, that's, I I struggle. That's really tough. Uh, yeah. I
1: think, I think I would just try to tell people to wash their hands. I, and that's probably the biggest thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I would try to, I would try to soft pedal it. I would, not I love tell how them, you
0: immediately go to like trying to make the world a better place. And I'm well, like, how can that's I, that's all I got, king? Andy. I don't, how, how can I become king in the land
1: of the blind? I don't have. <laughs> I don't have the charisma or wherewithal or knowledge to enrich and, you know, to to enrich myself. (laughs) I only really have the ability to tell people to like wash their hands and wipe their butt. So, and and not, and not in that order and reverse order.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I got to figure out something like that. uh, Something like that. So, you know, you, you've got to get in with the King or whoever the ruling despot is and, but um, I would soft pedal uh,
1: it real quick. I would soft pedal it. I wouldn't say it was to prevent illness. I would say it's some kind of like fancy new thing. You know what I mean? I would make it a, a fashion trend or statement so that people could, you know, leech onto it or glom onto it and not go, Oh, well, you're, you're insane because you know, I'm naturally clean all the time. Look how rich I am. You know, I wouldn't do one of those things. I try to make it a trend. clever boy. Yeah. Like there you So yeah, <laughs> there we go uh all right so this last one here this is from good friend alvin he's asked us so this one actually has come up again i'm gonna i'm gonna alter it a little bit um so he has asked us what our favorite cereal is and i think we've gotten into that a little bit um, I'm going to ask you this, though. What is your, you're, a, we've talked about breakfast food on the dubcast before. Yeah. Right? I'm a breakfast and it's chunky. That's right. Yeah. And we've, we've gushed about, you know, the merits of Waffle House and whatever other breakfast buffets you might indulge in. What's your like least favorite breakfast food? What's something that you just hate or that maybe not even like a, a particular breakfast food, just something you've had for breakfast and you were like revulsed. You were just revulsion. You, you hated it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've kind of come across anything that I like super hate, but I would say I am, I'm not big on, it's going to sound terrible. Like a lot of the things that you would do for like healthy breakfast per
1: se, you know, like, <laughs> that's not I, terrible. Like, I, like, I, I think it's brand. A, you're not a brand guy.
0: Right. Exactly. There's, there's so many, it's like evening meals. If you said, oh, you've got to eat healthy. Like there's things that I like, like, okay, I'll just have you know, a, a, uh, grilled salmon and, and a, and a nice salad. And, and that mm-hmm. can be, and that can be really tasty. Right. And that can be, Sure. but so many of the things that you would want to eat that are quote unquote healthy for breakfast are just terrible. Like, yeah. Bro- <laughs> oh, Brand's, sure. Yeah. yeah. Brand's a good one, you know, or any of the cereals that are like help to, to answer the cereal question. Like think about all of the, the healthy cereals. Are any of them any good? No. And I like, oat <laughs> and I like oatmeal oatmeal's good but you know what you do with oatmeal you put cream and brown sugar in it and probably yeah, right. some dried fruits you know? right so so you've immediately taken the top off the healthiness factor to make it i don't know taste like something that doesn't want to make you die
1: yeah you know that's, i like uh, you know what i like cream of wheat a lot but i like it because I put in, like, when I was a kid, I put in, like, you know, raisins that were, yeah. sugar. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean, I, I I lumped that in with like grits, you know. So you right. go to the southern, but what do you do with grits? Because grits by themselves are fine, right? There's nothing terrible about grits.
1: Right. But you got to put in half a tub of butter. You and put then,
0: in, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. You put in half a stick of butter and most of the salt shaker, right. and then you and then you eat the grits. So yeah. or you make them cheesy grits, and then they're really good. And then you make them mm-hmm. shrimp and grits because you've taken the cheesy grits. And added shrimp and usually right. like some crazy hot sauce or something to make a Cajun-y, that's that's good eating. So, you know, I just that's that's probably any of the healthy things for breakfast. Like you now, I guess the the caveat to that would be like fruit and yogurt, you know, if you get the right yogurt, but mm-hmm. you know, then you read the stuff like to make this healthy, yeah, you get need a to parfait. The, yeah, to meet this health make this healthy, you need to eat the uh the unflavored uh yogurt, the the plain vanilla. Sugar free yogurt and that's another thing I can't I can't handle I was trying um, some of the Chobani or not just Chobani but the other Greek yogurt brands as well I tried like yeah, yeah, three yeah. different ones I think I got like the Kroger brand which I think they called like carb master or something I got mm-hmm. the Chobani whatever their zero sugar was and I think it's Oikos which I think maybe is the Danon or YoPlay or something um version of greek yogurt but i got all of them They're sugar, and they're all summarily terrible i mean really really <laughs> terrible i i cannot abide i like them body. a lot
1: actually i sugar free ones
0: yeah, i cannot yeah. abide by it's the sugar substitute like the aftertaste that you get from sucralose or or uh sucralose I, Splenda, is that right I think?
1: honestly yeah, i think it is but honestly andy i can't taste the difference i i, oh, can't I even... can
0: i can my spidey sense just goes nuts it, yeah. it's it's I'm bad. the same with
1: actually diet, like diet soda and regular soda. It, yeah, I, I can tell the difference, but the, to me, it's like so minor that I don't care. Like it doesn't.
0: So when I was a kid, we drank Pepsi Cola. There was always yeah. a 24 pack of Pepsi in in the cupboard at all times at our house when I was a kid. But I had an aunt who drank like caffeine free Pepsi. Oh, sure, I don't yeah. even know if they still make that anymore, but that was a thing in the '80s, and it was like it had, a gold, the, it had like the brown can. Right? Yeah, you you say it was goldish, yellowish, yeah. brown can. Yeah, that's it, exactly right. You want to talk about stuff that made you um wish you hadn't been born that mm. century? <laughs> it was caffeine-free Pepsi. That that stuff tasted like a mix of death and desperation. It was, <laughs> it was, it was very bad. Very, very bad. Yeah, I
1: just oh, it was, it was not good. It was not good. So yeah, so here's the deal. Like I, again, I. I don't know. I even used to do the uh, when I was like, you know, lifting weights really seriously. I, mean, I don't do that anymore because I'm a toddler and a broken collarbone. But back in the day, you know, four, three or four years ago when I was like big into it, um, I was even doing the plain like unflavored Greek yogurt. Yeah, um just and just can't. forking that down and i at first i mean it's it's bitter and it tastes like death but then i started to get used to it and i started to enjoy it um because my i'm just my brain is no broken. i mean i think there's something to be said that you will acclimate to oh to sure yes yeah.
0: right like you your body will or your taste buds will yeah but there are some things where like, i it. just i yeah and there's some where i just draw the line and and so like the sugar-free stuff and like liver uh, beef liver specifically i really actually quite like goose, goose and, and duck liver mm. um but uh my wife often jokes i must have been part of the aristocracy in a former life <laughs> or something because i like the you know you sort of stuff yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. but yeah no i just i can't deal with it but the uh greek yogurt um in general i quite like and i was well, I, of, I picked up but i picked up uh some of those the same reason you did when i was lifting more regularly You'd, yeah it's it a, it's a great protein, protein vehicle. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, um, which they give a little unsolicited recommendation. If you are at all looking for uh, protein drinks and you don't mix your own, um, you know, protein drinks, you just need some ready to use stuff. The core power elite mm. uh, protein drinks from fair life, which I've raved about fair life milk before. This is their actual protein drinks, 42 grams of protein and like 220 wow. calories. It's pretty good. Uh, and that's and, a, that's and, a and very
1: good ratio. That's incredible. It,
0: it is. And it's insanely good. And because it's Fair Life, the sugar content's like
1: less than 10 grams of sugar. It's really, really good. Wow. That's that's actually incredible. If, yeah. Highly if, recommended. If, I buy them a case at <laughs> a time. If, if lactose didn't cause my, you know, insides uh, to explode. Have,
0: have, I, know, I can't remember. We talked about this before. Have you tried the Fair Life milk yet? Because it's because they I haven't. You should, yeah, you should do that because that's how they get the protein content so high and the sugar content so low. Mm -hmm. Is they actually filter out the lactose? Oh, Oh, fantastic! So check that. The other one, the other one people talk about is the um, the A one C, not A one C. Is that right? A one C. Mm. A1C is, I think, maybe the thing that's in your hemoglobin or something. But there's a no. there's a <laughs> blood. He yeah, no, wants me to drink blood. There's an enzyme. I, oh, I'm going to get this wrong now. And that's terrible, given that I work in the food and agriculture industry. That's but right. there there's a, an enzyme or whatever they call it. It's an A-something milk. And, and in theory, um, people who struggle with lactose can can't drink it because that it I'll have to look that up something with that enzyme i'll i'll find and send it to you and people who know what i'm talking about are probably like god what a baboon so sorry
1: uh um my only contribution to this so i i like you know like i just said i'll eat just about anything and my answer for this is actually not something that i dislike it was just poorly timed um it's back when i lived in japan and uh, it was like my first month there and i took a trip with some friends to Nagasaki and we were staying in this hotel and the hotel said that they had, you know, free breakfast. And I was like, Oh my God, let's go. I'm so excited. And I get downstairs and it's rice, fish and miso soup. (laughs) And I was like, I like all of those things, not at seven in the morning. (laughs) Right. So, and that was, and again, not, not to say that they do it wrong or there's anything wrong with eating those things at seven. I mean, it's a cultural thing, but My dumb American brain was like, I'm going to eat waffles and I'm going to get some bacon, not remembering that I was in a foreign country and they have different way of doing things. than I have, you know, expectations for Um, and I was very disappointed indeed. But, you know, that's another thing where you can get used to it and it's still delicious. It's just you got to wrap your head around eating it, you know, 12 hours before you normally would. So it's just one of those things I, I the sheer disappointment and i felt kind of bad about it because i'm like Yo, don't be the ugly american you know it's not your culture it's different but i was like damn it!" i really wanted some bacon <laughs> but you know it's okay and, you know what and in other places in japan do serve the the typical western continental breakfast just well you
0: know i had a i've not done the far east uh but i remember when i was in high school the first time i went to continental europe uh and we were doing kind of the the a, eight countries in three weeks sort of thing. And they're all uh, like Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, Belgium, Brussels, you know, uh, Brussels, Brussels is in Belgium, Uh, Mm -hmm. France, the Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, etc. Kind of the typical places that you go if you're, you know, a, a, a tourist making their first trip to Europe. And I remember the first time going down to the breakfast for the group. And there were like 220 of us, so they had, done, you know, we had the whole ballroom or whatever for breakfast. Yeah. And it was all basically like deli meats mm. and cheese and the most amazing hard rolls, like rolls. Oh that God! The yeah. Outside felt like baseballs, but once you cracked those buggers open and slathered some of the most amazing butter I'd ever had in my mm-hmm. life,
1: or they were life affirming. Role. I you know what we stayed for a honeymoon we stayed at Lake Como uh, part of it was like Como in Italy and the place that we had had this complimentary breakfast every day and I was like I, I was intensely impressed it, it wasn't like it was a nice place right we were staying in a nice a nice hotel but I don't think I've ever eaten that well in my life yeah and and I was just kind of sitting there like I could just sit at this buffet the entire day it was incredible (laughs) like like i don't actually want to go anywhere i just want to eat everything that's here and then i i i'm perfectly willing to take 12 hours to do it because it was like you said i mean just everything was amazing the the pastries the meat the fruit oh my god it's just unbelievable I mean the um, first
0: couple of days I was like where are the eggs I don't understand this is breakfast there must be eggs and there never right. were eggs
1: right uh, don't miss them because it doesn't matter because everything else is amazing everything
0: else was absolutely amazing and it was like that was when the dime dropped like oh this is where the term continental breakfast that's right comes that's from. right that's right like it the finally continent. hit me because I'm like what the hell is continental breakfast continental breakfast means there ain't anything hot on the buffet you know I hate that right (laughs) and and you know no eggs and no bacon and i was just like i don't understand but yeah absolutely loved it it was uh yeah it was that was great it really well there
1: you go so excellent questions this week thank you so much for sending those in that is ask us anything when again send us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com the off season fast approaches and we need the goofiest weirdest stuff that you possibly can give us
0: all right friends that's going to do it for this week's rodeo uh, you hit us up with those questions in the the meanwhile suffer through the last couple games of Ohio State's basketball season but gear up for the Big 10 wrestling tournament and uh, NCAA tournament as well you'll have plenty of things to to enjoy at both of those As Ohio State uh, has got some guys that should do should do fairly well and until this time next week, I'm Andy. I'm
1: Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the 11th of Cast.